Welcome to episode 265 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsburg, and I have Kelly Goodmont back on the show. It's been too long. How are you doing, Kelly? Yo, it has. Hi, David. I'm really glad to be back. I'm glad to have you, and I'm always glad to have as well Jeff Gamet back here. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing all right. And and you say you're glad to have me back, and yet I just uh, totally pulled a, a check joiner on you and uh, you did interrupted your countdown. That's okay. That's why we have fun. That's what we're here for, to have fun. Although and you rolled with it much better than Chuck would have, I think. He, he cracks up a lot. He, he does. He cracks <laughs> up a lot. At, and he expects me to to toss an underpants or something like that out. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. He would not have expected yeah, you, uh, a Wilhelm. You, you threw it, me off there. But. Is it really an Apple podcast if Jeff's not tossing underpants, though? I mean, really? True. Yeah. But yeah. That, it is true. But. What's true is we have a show and we have lots of things to talk about. Lots of good, sh- lot good, lots of good uh, news stories this week. Uh, might even talk about Twitter a little bit. I'm sorry, X. And uh, Apple had just announced their quarterly results. It's uh, just hot off the press. Not even two hours after we are now recording this show, we'll talk about that. Kelly was at the Mac Admins Conference. I can't wait to hear about those fun things that happened. And lots of other things uh, to talk about, but let's just, like we always do, dive into stories of this week. Uh, for stories, college football could be coming to Apple TV Plus as Apple is courting the Pac-12. Uh, Apple appears to be working on a deal to secure the rights of co- to college football games as a proposed deal uh, for the Pac-12. And it's according to ESPN, the Pac-12 commissioner is, uh, on uh, Tuesday of this past week, uh, as we record, uh, presented a, the conference with a potential subscription-based Apple streaming deal. Uh, I guess the Pac-12 contract expires after this school year, and Apple is in negotiations to get that. The deal would start in the 24-25 season. Uh, and it could be a short-term contract, and probably Apple will see how it goes. But uh, I'm liking this. I'm liking to see that Apple is really diving into sports. I mean, here's another yeah. another way of uh, Apple trying to get some stream uh, uh, content and 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 make some money, which we'll talk about with subscription services in a minute here. But uh, what do you think, Kelly? Well, this one I can tell you a lot about because Pac or sorry, it's not ten anymore. Pac twelve is here. This right. is my native land. This is right. when when people where I live talk about college football. This with well. When most people talk about football here, that's what they're talking about because there really is only one team for like five states, and that's the Seahawks. Um, so, or, or the Ducks. <laughs> oh no, I mean professionally, like professionally, there's one team. Oh, right, there's right. Nobody in Idaho or Montana or or no. you know, it's like like Seattle up in the corner, and then the Broncos down at Jeff's, and that's like it. So, um, the interesting thing about this to me is that um, uh, first of all, it's it's a whole i mean it's a whole lot of sports for for the northwest it's a significant portion of sports even though that's not necessarily a ton of people and all that kind of stuff you know that's a whole separate conversation but um it was interesting to me that this is where they started because uh i don't know how <clears throat> i don't know how it breaks down other places but there's so much like enthusiasm for football and the fans around college football here. Um, it's just massive. Like you can't drive from here to Eugene where the, where uh, Oregon plays football. Um, and sometimes you can't even get to Corvallis, which is between Portland and Eugene. Um, I five will be a disaster like that whole day because of all the people huffing down there and huffing back. Cause it's a couple of hours each direction. And <clears throat> so this is a nice way for them to get into a place with very, very strong fandom, lots and lots of ties. Um, but then also sort of show how it can be done for the rest of the college football conferences that are available. Um, I really like how Apple's jumping into sports because it's a huge, huge market and football specifically is a huge market. Um, <clears throat> this sort of reminds me of the first step they took for sports uh, being baseball. There was a whole lot of opportunity there to sort of start small and then kind of scale that up as they wanted to. Um, and with um, uh, soccer as well with MLS uh, being able to get into that and then build that into something that's 
um, a little more lucrative, a little, you know, getting a little bit more attention. I think this is, I think they're really being smart about how they're going about live sport in all of this. And I'm very interested to see how this goes. Um, this is the kind of thing that would make it a no brainer to get my dad an Apple TV for Christmas at some point. There you go. Um, because uh, I know <laughs> I literally had to set up an Apple ID for my dad um, <clears throat> when he read a news story that Apple TV was going to have a Tom Hanks movie and that was the only way that you could see it. So I had to help him get situated so that he could watch that. Um, <clears throat> so this is the kind of thing that will reel him into the hardware as well. And then um, like there's, I know there's a lot of money in this and there's been a lot of talk here about what's going to happen with the contracts when the when the current contracts expire because of streaming, because Amazon Prime does Thursday night football, I think it is. Right. Um, that's what it is, right? Yes. I don't follow it very closely, but I know it, I know it exists. Um, and I and with the other sort of streaming options and the alternatives for taking some of this stuff off broadcast television, uh, this is also how you get more people. Uh, to cut the cord. So, you know, a lot of people still have whatever cable package it is that they have because uh, they are huge basketball fans. They're huge football fans. Um, there aren't compelling options for that. If you watch baseball and now if you watch soccer, um, you have options for for watching that stuff without having a cable bill. And now it looks like they're trying to do the same for college football. And I'm very interested to see how this goes because it's a massive, massive market. Not because I personally have any stake. I could care less. I cannot name a single player on any Pac-10 team. Uh, Pac, I mean, I don't even remember when it went to 12. And I'm still calling yeah. it 10. So that tells you how much attention I pay to those. I can probably name all the teams, but I can't tell you really anything else about them. Um, but uh, it's a huge market. And I'm really interested to see how Apple pulls this off. No, I agree. How about you, Jeff? Any thoughts on this? Well, first, Kelly, thank you for saying enough so I could start figuring out what we were talking about. I do appreciate that. Well, I was going to say, Jeff's heard of football. Beyond that, he has an opinion, and that's probably about the long and the short right. of it. Th yeah. That that sums it up nicely. Yeah. Um, wh whatever Apple can do to address the sports market um, is good for their platform. So, so good for them. Yeah, I still haven't been able to, to figure out from what you're saying what Pac-12 is. Um, it's a conference. It's a group of of football teams. Um, oh, okay. They like all the there's all the teams that play college football, and they've broken them up into chunks. So there's like a southeast, and there's a northwest, and there's like an east, and there's like a bunch in the middle. I think is what that one's called. Yeah. The bunch in the middle conference. Um, but each conference is like a group of teams that sort of plays somewhere. Um, <clears throat> and they yep. tend to break them up geographically so that it's easier to play all the teams in your same little um, general group area. Of competitors. Yeah. And that's what a Pac 12 is. Yes. Conf the Pac 12 conference, like the Big Ten conference. And which also makes oh, no, no sense uh, to Jeff because. <laughs> yeah, and that makes no sense. Right? <laughs> I'm not trying to be but mean. That, it's just the but, truth. But Jeff, that, that's, no, that's, that's okay. That's not helping explain it to you. Yeah. And, and, and I'm yeah. okay that that this is something that 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 my uh, my well, feeble brain doesn't wrap itself around. I can appreciate that other people really really enjoy it, and that this is a a good business move for Apple. So go Apple. Yeah, yeah. So well, let's go ahead and move on and get away from sports here and talk. <laughs> no. about Unless you want to, to have a, a comedy show I mean, where you try <laughs> and explain all of it to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy show. to sit here and talk to you about Women's World Cup if that's a thing that we need to discuss. You know, no, I'm here I, for that. I figured you would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the story I want to go on to next is Apple unveils a Pave the Apple Way campaign with TikTok creators, billboards, and many more. This, this past week, uh, a mysteriously new pay the Apple way hashtag went live on X since uh, seemingly uh, teasing a forthcoming announcement for or an advertising campaign. The campaign is official and it was Apple touting a multinational advertising push that showcases the ease of convenience of using Apple pay. Uh, Apple, Apple is launching this new campaign uh, in, the, in the US and in, in the UK and different campaigns and they got all kinds of uh different videos and your watch your watch your watches and your is your wallet and all kinds of other stuff so they're really d doing some 
pretty pretty cool advertising when it comes to Apple uh, Apple Pay because uh, Apple Pay has become very popular as we'll find out in a bit here with uh, um, with the, the quarter, quarterly results. So, what do you th- what are your thoughts on this, Jeff? On one hand, I could see people saying, why would Apple invest money in a campaign like this? Because we all know what Apple Pay is and we can use it. At the same time, there are so many people that have absolutely no idea what this is. And and even people that are working the cash registers in stores have no idea that this is a thing. So uh, it's good to continually do advertising that promotes the, the product and raises awareness. So, uh, yeah, and didn't didn't uh, uh, Apple recently get a change in the UK where actually it's not an Apple thing. I think it's a it's a government thing that allows higher charge amounts. Oh, without a signature. And something like that. And and so if that happened, then that this would be a good time to start promoting Apple Pay again um, so that people are more aware of it yeah i think i agree with you on that um i remember seeing that headline go by and i think that that might be um a good reason to do it internationally but also i don't know how much promotion it's gotten internationally Mm -hmm. aside from people in other countries who listen to podcasters in the u.s who talk about how apple pay is awesome um you know I, i don't know what you know infrastructure or anything looks like for that and i still occasionally uh go to a store uh pay with my watch and uh more often than not there's either someone in line <clears throat> or the person at the register is surprised that that was a thing that just happened and <clears throat> and so i'm it definitely having an awareness campaign uh using people from tiktok to be the people who are promoting it uh is the part that i kind of wonder about just because <laughs> the oh, see, people who need super to know smart to me well, the people who need who need to know aren't the people who are using TikTok was was sort of why like why would you use somebody that you know if you don't know anything about Apple Pay, then you probably don't recognize the person in the campaign. You know what I mean? So, you know, you need to get Tom yeah. Hanks out there buying stuff with his phone and with his watch to get the demographic that is the least aware of Apple Pay and the and the most afraid yeah. of it. Because the thing I have to explain to people over and over and over who are older than me is you are not carrying around a picture of your credit card on your phone for everyone to see. No. That's not how it works. It's very, very safe. It's very, very very secure. And not everybody gets that. And the people who tend not to understand that are people who are older than I am. And so uh, just because I used Tom Hanks as an example earlier, he makes a good example here. He would be the person that would get my dad to go, okay, how do I do this thing where I can pay, pay for stuff with my phone? Uh, you know, or other people, you know, that like that would be the person you would need. Like somebody on tick, somebody who is famous because of TikTok, telling people in my parents' generation that yeah. this is how you should buy stuff is the part that's going to be lost on them. So, Kelly, I'll tell you where the value comes in the TikTok I advertising. Yes. So we're talking about a lot of people that are already aware that Apple Pay is a thing. They may or may not understand the security part. Doesn't matter. Ultimately, what does matter is that a lot of these people are not actually using Apple Pay, even though they're aware of it. Getting the influencers that they follow all the Uh, time to tell them, hey, I'm doing this, you should too. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the incentive that gets a lot of these other people to start using Apple Pay. Okay. Yep. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That's what TikTok does. Mm-hmm. So, That's why people right. eat Tide Pods. Maybe they'll use <laughs> Apple Pay now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> On that note, that's a good transition. <laughs> Twitter is finally turning to X on Apple's App Store. X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, uh, updated its official app on the Apple's App Store uh, uh, earlier this week uh, with a new branding that was announced by our, our wonderful friend Elon Musk. Uh, instead of uh, let's talk and Twitter's original tagline, blaze your glory is a curious subtitle on X's iOS app store listing, which de- describes the app as the trusted digital town square for everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, so the rebranding process has been going over for the last week. Apple had originally pushed back and said, 
No, we can't, you can't call it one single letter. We don't allow right. apps to be called that. Right. So, and they should have stuck why? to that. And they should have stuck to that. They would uh, tell and us they what didn't. they didn't. Yeah. Well, that's the part that makes me grumpy is these are the rules and we're going to change them for you. I don't care who the person yeah. is. It's immaterial who the person is, who the company is, who's responsible for it. If it were literally anyone else who came in and said, I want it to just be called a single solitary letter. Uh, Apple would have told them to go pound sand and Apple should have told Twitter to go pound sand because the rules are the rules and the rules should be the rules for everybody. And, you know, when we've been on here and complained about things not working correctly in the app store an app gets rejected for something an app gets admitted for something, the reason we're upset about it is because the rules have been inappropriately applied either somebody got in that shouldn't have or somebody's being kept out for a reason that actually doesn't it isn't the case you know what i mean so um that's the reason that this frustrates me is because apple should have stuck to their guns and said no you get to be two x's you get to be x exclamation point it has to be two characters it can't be one knock it off basically and you know, when, when Meta decides they want to be M, you know, what's going to happen. And uh, this is stupid. It is breaking app store search, which is already atrocious and virtually immaterial. Anyway, it's not like you can actually search for most things in the app store. So having it be named this as well um, is also really stupid. And that's even before you get to it actually being what used to be Twitter and right. the guy that runs things now and you know because that's just gonna turn into a conversation where i use a bunch of roy kent words and we're not gonna <laughs> do that so no. that's a different podcast um so that's the thing about this that i find the most frustrating is that um this is apple once again uh being a little tone deaf in what they're doing aside from all of the stuff that goes along with this being a twitter story like you have rules you obviously have them for a reason and now you're letting somebody willfully break them and that should not be what's happening. The end. Yeah. Yep. How about you, Jeff? I'm very baffled why Apple went ahead and, uh, and waived the, the two character minimum rule for app store names, special treatment. And, and Kelly, you're absolutely right. So what happens when when Meta wants to be M or Amazon wants to be A um, or wh- whoever, wh- whatever the app. So QAnon, can they put an app out just called Q? <laughs> Is that going to be okay? Um, yeah, I, I, I see this as a big problem on multiple levels. Screwing up app store searches is one of them. Also... I'm not getting why Apple with the, with the things that uh, that they purport to stand for mm. is okay uh, bending rules for the uh, service formerly known as Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, and and frankly I'm not even getting why Apple is still advertising on that platform considering the the way the platform has deviated from what it was when Apple started advertising. Yeah. I mean, that part is a whole separate conversation. I'm very frustrated with um, some of the tone deafness that I see in the app store, Um, like the huge push very, very recently for um, the official Reddit app, like top apps you should have on your phone. And one of them was Reddit. And I'm like, y'all need to read the room. Really? Right. Really? Um, And like there's so much of that happening right now and it's really weird and like every time i go look at something in the app store um like unless i'm clicking on a direct link that someone gave me you know that i found somewhere like click here to go open this app if i ever look at the homepage and i used to go browse regularly to see what apple thought was new what apple thought was interesting and i really don't care what they want to draw my attention to anymore because I can't get behind most of it. So, well, I mean, you I don't me get rant about d- that here. So, 
Yeah, I, I don't get how developers. Sorry, I totally started walking on you. That was very uncool. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I don't get how at this point any developer will will feel like they can work with Apple in good faith as far as uh, as how rules apply. Yeah, and because at this point, I now feel like uh, like rules for developers are arbitrary. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I'm not are. happy with this. I'm so. not happy with this at all. And and then like all of that follows on, Jeff, with what you were talking about. Um, you know, why is Apple still advertising there? Um, you know, it's it's turned into a very different place than it was a year ago. And it, you know, and like we're gonna put a whole episode of a show there where, you know nobody's at like if they had wanted to be clever about it and draw a bunch of attention then they could have gone somewhere else they could have gone to mastodon they could have spun up their own mastodon instance and debuted something there and sent all the nerds off to mastodon and instead or done it on blue sky or done it on um the other one that i can't think of right now and uh that, that everybody says is is where you go to find fun things because Mastodon is boring or whatever it is now. Um, (laughs) That's, that's the part that I don't, that I don't get is, you know, given the options you have, why would you continue to have a relationship with this guy? It's not like, I mean, we've seen the numbers. It's not like people are paying for stuff through the app, like paying Twitter for anything at all. And if they are, they're certainly not doing it through the app. And so it's not like Apple's getting a taste of any of that. So what does this benefit Apple? That's the part I can't right. I can't tally up. I can't make that part make sense is I don't understand what they're getting from advertising on Twitter. I don't get what they're what they do what they get by rolling out an episode of TV on Twitter. I don't get what they get out of making an exception in this case um even though it's going to be interesting to see if they end up getting it taken down because apparently he tried to name his last company x and it went badly for um a wide variety of legal reasons so i feel like this is where we're headed with this anyway and he's gonna have to change the name so right. i don't know i think chaffin's okay. razor applies me too and for those people that don't know what Chaffin's Razor is, this is the thing Brian Chaffin came up with, and and I thought Chaffin's Razor is just a really great thing to call it. If something seems completely crazy to us, then there's a very high likelihood we are missing a key piece of information that would make it all make sense. So yep. I think right yep. now we're missing that key piece of information. Right. Yep. All right. Which is why that's then- where I'm headed. I can't parse it, and I can't figure out. And I can't even make up a reason why. That's the thing. Yep. All right. And then uh, real quickly, you're moving on. To, uh, TweetDeck is now called X Pro. So they had to rebrand that too. Um, it's actually not bad. I mean, I've been using it for a little bit here. And it's free for now. But I would anticipate yeah. that uh, they'll probably start charging for it soon. And I'll stop using it. <laughs> so yeah, there you when go. it breaks, good luck finding any sort of help article about it. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, honestly, I'm surprised that they they had enough developers to be yeah. able to go in and uh, actually Remake. change the text lines. <laughs> yeah, for uh, for the product name. Same. I was surprised. Uh, and then last story here: uh, more than ten billion dollars have been deposited in Apple Card state savings accounts. Apple Card holders have been have that have, they have deposited that much into their savings accounts and including me I've deposited a good chunk of money in there. And this was announced this week. Uh, it says uh it was first launched in April and this milestone comes after 4 months. That's pretty incredible. Wow. And Apple says 97% of the savings customers have opted to into having their Apple card daily cash automatically deposited into that account. I'm one of those 97%. Mm-hmm. That's 4.15 APY. That's pretty incredible. I got a nice big uh, interest payment this past month. And uh, it's uh, it, it's it's definitely interesting where where, the, where where Apple went. And they, they got this partnership and the banking and the, and the Apple card of just doing incredible We've been talking about the last few weeks that Goldman Sachs what is rumored to want to once out, but uh, meanwhile, it's it's pretty successful in Apple's eyes. What do you think, Jeff? 
I'm thinking that having an extra uh, ten billion dollars yeah. in uh, in assets in Goldman Sachs that's got to be an incentive to work with Apple. You would think. Just just saying. You would think, but well, yeah. especially when you think about how many people that is, right? Because it's only if you have an iPhone and you're in the U.S. So. There's nobody in, yeah. you know, theoretically, there's nobody in any other place, Just in US. any other country. So it's only if you have an iPhone and a U.S. address that you can do banking with. So And an Apple card. Right. Well, just even if every single person with an iPhone in the U.S. is all you're talking about, that's still $4 billion uh, or $10 billion. Um just for that amount of people. And then you go to the number of iPhone users who have applied for an Apple card who are actually using this service. And that's an even smaller number. So I know everybody says everybody has an iPhone, but even still like that's so many people, um, you know, that, that we like that we've excluded right off the top to get down to just these folks, because you can only even get an Apple card if you're in, if you have an iPhone and you live in the U S so that number of people tells me that people, the the people who are doing this aren't putting $20 in to see what happens, right? This yes. is people who are putting significant amounts of money in there. Uh, so when, when that number came out, I was very, very surprised. So, um, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's an, I, I can't a... figure out why Goldman Sachs has anything to say, but please may I have another, you know? Yep, exactly. Right. And we'll we'll talk about that in just a second here with the core of the results because they they did hit upon that. Um, so let's go on to the topics. Uh, beta this week, iOS seventeen beta four is still rolling on. Uh, nothing too overly excited to discuss about that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything uh, in your beta device. I haven't really seen much in in mine, but Jeff. Uh, but, no, uh, I installed it and my iPad didn't blow up, and that's as far as I've gone. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that that's most important. So, um, they you know and. As everybody knows, when they have the public beta, for those who are not in a developer, mm-hmm. or you basically can sign up and have that developer uh, account. You just can't publish an app and get the developer account. But okay, I'm surprised they keep this on. But uh, this is a week after, because it's, it's been only a week since beta 4 came out, that they have not the, the second mm-hmm. public beta of uh, iOS 17, watchOS 17, uh, watchOS 10, and uh, iPadOS 17, and macOS 14. So... Um, again, don't install beta. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't want it on a production device. Please don't. Right. I keep, I, we say that every single time. Um, so let's go to the quarterly results. Um, I've got some great links here, especially, uh, Jason Snell is awesome with the uh, six colors provides yeah. his amazing uh, charts to, to, for everybody to, to take a look at. Um, so, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, a Pretty incredible numbers, I think. Uh, but you know, of course, the market's saying that uh, they did lose lose some money here. Uh, but it was a down quarter, but it was only a one percent drop over the year ago. Uh, that well, that resulted, so mm-hmm. they're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doomed. They're doomed. They're doomed. Um, three key categories that were all down over year over year. The Mac was down seven percent. iPad was up down a big whopping twenty percent. But the all important <clears throat> iPhone was just down two percent. Yeah. But things were a little different than the two other portions of Apple's business, which is. Uh, had some uh, had some amazing growth uh, over the recent years. Services was up eight percent, and wearables and home and accessories category was up two percent. Uh, they just had this a uh, couple hours ago as we record this. Right now, we're at forty eight percent of Apple's business is the iPhone. Services is now up to twenty six percent. Geez, I think we were just talking about it this year ago. It was like about fifteen percent. Yeah. So it's 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 uh, increased incredibly here. Seven, 10% wearables, 8% Mac, and 7% on the iPad. iPad. Um, again, they were down a little bit. $81.8 billion is what their total Apple revenue was. That was about a 1% change. Uh, still making money, $19.9 billion in profit. I don't think that's too shabby if you ask me, but I'm not I'm not a financial analyst, so you can't really say much on my, my end here. $6.8 billion of Mac. Uh, that was a seven percent change, and then you had the iPad, which is about eight point uh, five point eight billion. Billion. Um, that was a big twenty percent drop. And it looks like the iPad has been dro- had dropping. It's the second quarter in a row that it's dropped. It had a thirty percent increase at the, the first quarter of this year, 
but then it's been dropping ever since. So um, I think they need some new iPads is really where it's at here. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a couple of rumors here later, but uh, yeah, they, they got to do that. But 39.7 billion on iPhone. And that was only about 2%. Services are just off the charts. Unbelievable. $21.2 billion. I mean, I, we all contribute to this. I mean, I'm yeah. paying my the 32 95 a month on my Apple one <laughs> bundle. So, uh, they're getting my they're getting my money for the for the the services and the wearables. The Apple Watch continues to thrive and a small increase. Uh, so uh, that's really also HomePods, right? Yep, because it's home HomePods, like home, home and wearables yep. or something. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> okay. So pr- pr- pretty uh, pretty incredible what uh, what 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 came out of it. Um, so a uh, couple of the takeaways. Uh, Tim Cook did touch upon AI and where that's called leading with Apple. And they, they, he, he did say it is absolutely critical to Apple, uh, confirming that they're invest, they're investigating where AI can go. Uh, they're, they continue to be very excited about vision pro. Uh, and, uh, I think it's still pretty new. You know, we talked about last week with the developer kit that you can get and yeah. all the restrictions and all that stuff. Uh, again, they talked about the services revenue and iPad, iPhone and Mac sales or and numbers, um, we'll, we'll definitely see where this goes. Um, I think, I think the numbers are good. I think the stock market, I mean, after hours trading, I think I saw it was dropping a little bit, but, and you know, it's going to drop tomorrow because you know, it always does. They're, they're I mean, doomed because yeah. they lost so much money, but the thing, my takeaway from the, from the earnings, the notable thing, um, yeah. that I, that I saw in that was 1 billion paid subscriptions across. I was going to talk about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is astounding. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, the iPad stuff is kind of to be expected. Um, not necessarily because um, iPads are bad or anything like that. But I think um, if I'm remembering my timing correctly, the 10th gen iPad came out late last year. Yep. So the two quarters that we're talking about um, cause they were down and down. They didn't, the, it wasn't a surprise to them. They said something like in line with right. expectations or whatever. So, um, the thing that's <clears throat> the thing to me about the iPads is that, um, I think they're on an upgrade cycle. They've kind of hit that, uh, microwave sort of thing that I always talk about where, um, you know, it's a utility device and it's finally mature enough. There's nothing terribly exciting that But if you bought an iPad Pro, uh, you know, a year ago or two years ago, uh, it's still a very, very good device for what you wanted to do with it then. It, mm-hmm. it does all of that now. And they haven't added anything dramatic in the last couple of years to any of those because um, I have a 2020 um, M1 iPad Pro and mm-hmm. it stacks up against everything that if I went experience would be exactly the same like you know it's basically the same size uh it's got the nice um you know slabby edges and uh an m1 processor in it and does all of the things i needed to do and handles all of that like a champ so um there hasn't been a dramatic evolution in the pro anybody who wanted to get an ipad was really excited when the 10th gen came out because they didn't stop selling the nine iPad got a ninth gen last Christmas for like 300 bucks and nobody's needed one this year. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So um, I think that's probably where that comes from. I'm not surprised. Um, I have a lot of opinions about where the iPad should go and uh, I don't think Apple's going to listen to any of them. So (laughs) that numbers, I don't see that number changing dramatically. It's still so many iPads that they did sell. I mean, it's down but it's still right. almost six billion dollars, which is a bonkers number. If anything else, there's no other company if they announced in a quarter that our revenue, whether it's the entire company or one piece of it, was almost six billion dollars, that that would be a disappointing number. There's no other company where that's sad. Right. Right. Um, what do you think, Jeff? Is there anything that we didn't already cover that you want to? Get upon, and uh, 
And it just really drives home how much of this is an emotional thing for investors. When you look at Q2 and Q3, historically, Q3 is either just in line with Q2 for overall revenue or a little bit lower. And that trend is still changing um, or staying. Um, Then if you look at uh, year-over-year revenue changes, um, um, Q3, you tend to have more revenue than Q2, and that still holds. Um, It's across the board. What I'm seeing is that the patterns that we see every single year with with Apple's numbers, it's totally in line with with what I would expect. Um, Absolutely. And I do like seeing services at 26%, and I'm looking forward to seeing it go higher. This is the the part of Apple's business that changes the roller coaster revenue, right? Because 100%. that stays the same. Uh, it's not like you suddenly need to go buy a new a new uh, TV show every September. Right. You're, pay- you're paying throughout the year. So, yeah, there we yeah. go. Ser- services are the most profitable out of all of this. Yep, I think, sure. um, you know, to go back to the top of the show, um, the MLS subscriptions uh, coming out this year have probably helped that number. Um, the baseball stuff uh, being free, but probably drawing more people to the platform uh, probably helped that services number. Like maybe now it's worth paying for for people, uh, you know, and if you if you get into that and you're a big enough fan, maybe you want Apple News now so that you can follow all the stuff about your teams. So yep. all of that kind of stuff all fits together. And I remember, uh, Jeff, you and I, um, on previous podcasts, talking about quarterly stuff and everybody listening to Tim Cook talk about, talk confidently about how services are the future. This is the way. And yep. most people writing that off as crazy talk. And, you know, and here we who are. Does, who does this guy think he is? Well, I'll tell you yeah. who he thinks he is. Um, he's the guy sitting on top of billions and billions of dollars in revenue because he was the one who said, this is the way years and years ago. He's the smoke of technology. Yeah. (laughs) He, (laughs) I think that's part of what, um, is mostly most interesting to me about all of this is, uh, you know, having watched all of the bricks get laid down this road and then getting here and, you know, and people going, oh, yeah, well, sure. OK. Um, you know, like like it made sense all along. And I don't remember that we, that Jeff, that you and I ever thought that um, it was crazy talk or anything like that. But no. um, I know when I know we would talk about it and go, well, that's really interesting. And that was basically it. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know how he thinks that, but there weren't the number of services uh, you know, available at that point that that we have now. So uh, you know, the 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 offer wasn't quite as appealing as it is yeah. today. But uh it's it's really interesting to watch. So yep. Uh going to chat here at, at the youtube.com slash in touch with iOS. Uh Ben Rathick's out there. I feel better, but Ben, hey, we missed you on the show today. Um uh, he says he says Apple is doomed. And also this <laughs> and he does also and then he also says that they need some iPads that they don't artificially restrict as not to step on the Mac's toes. And I, I have a feeling Reach. that's where that I know where that's coming from from his blog post about Mac OS and iPad OS. Well, it's really frustrating, and I've had a couple of frustrating experiences lately with this sort of thing. And so I 100% agree. That's part of where my um, you know I'm the only I'm probably like Apple's not going to listen to my opinions about this, but they really need to free the iPad up to do what it can do. And yeah, that would be great. Absolutely. Um, let's go on. Uh, one, one, one of the rumors I wanted to talk about, and I try not mm-hmm. to talk about rumors that often, but this one I like because it involves the iPad mini. And Mac world had an article here talking that the seventh gen iPad mini may arrive this year. The rumor claims that Apple is planning to launch an update to its tiniest tablet. Um, and with fall uh, quickly approaching, and then Apple, you know, is going to gear up with more iPhones, Apple Watches, M3 Max, and this this is kind of a fitting rumor. Uh, you know, we the, it's most questionable who is the leaker, which is a uh, shrimp Apple Pro um, s- saying that uh, 
potentially there could be a seventh uh, gen. The the last release was September of 2021. That was the sixth gen. Um, so it, it's due, and it seems like it's always a very popular iPad model. And uh, I know, uh, Jeff, you have one. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, I'd be interesting to see where it goes because this is looking at the numbers. Apple needs to do something when it comes to the to iPad to come up with some new stuff. I have a really hard time with this rumor simply yeah. because um, uh, of where it's coming from, and there's no additional information. That yeah. said, um, I get why a lot of people don't understand why the iPad mini is a thing. I'm not one of those people. It's a fracking awesome form factor for an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd enjoy to see a new iPad mini come out. Maybe uh, uh, give us face ID on it instead of uh, the little yeah. touch ID. Yeah, the touch ID. The touch, touch ID button is cool, touch, though. Touch power button ID. Yeah. The, the touch ID power button is cool, but when I'm doing when I'm doing contactless authentication on my other devices, having to change for that one is weird. Yeah. I get that. So uh, it's, I uh, have I have a hard time with this rumor because of how long it was between the fifth gen and sixth gen. True. So this feels like even if it was the end of this year, it would be hot on the heels of the previous iteration, relatively. So um because <clears throat> four to five, the fourth gen to the fifth gen was four years. Right. And then two more from 19 to 21, because uh uh September of 2021 was the last one. So um <clears throat> I really wish that. Uh, it would get more updates because, like Jeff said, it's a great device. It's so good for so many things, for so many different people. It's right. it's small enough to be portable. It's super versatile. It does all the stuff the big ones do, just in a little less space. And <clears throat> I really... It's one of those things, as part of my iPad uh, complaining, that I really wish Apple would take more seriously because there are so many people who use it and so many awesome uses for it, both for personal use and professionally. There are loads of places where I've deployed these as part of my job because they're absolutely 100% the right thing for what we're doing. And and, uh, Ben in the chat saying, I hope so because I want the current mini at a closeout price. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Apple is make a new mini so that Ben can get a good deal on an old one. I would yes. like that very much. Well, it works for me. So, uh, Kelly, you were yeah. at the, the Mac admins conference. I have never been to that conference and, uh, I've always wanted to go to that conference, but it always seems to coincide with Mac stock. So that makes <laughs> yes. it kind of tough. It's a, it's a uh, great conference. Yes. And I, I know Jeff, you have been in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. so sounds like you had some, some good stuff here. I looked at, um, we got a link in the show notes to their, to their website. Mm-hmm. They've already got it updated for next year. So it's July 9th through July 12th in 2024. So mm-hmm. they're already ready to go. So we, we got to get Mike Potter to start announcing when Mac stock is going to be in 2024 as well. Yeah. Uh, he's going to need that. Yeah. Cause, yeah. We could, cause we need you to be there. <laughs> and, and usually he has at the end of July, so we might be safe this, this, this next year. So, uh, so, uh, I don't, uh, a lot of, a lot of great speakers or some of these speakers I even know and I've met in the past with the <laughs> Mac tech conferences and doing yeah. the Mac, the local Mac tech in Chicago. So a number of these folks, I think a couple are from Chicago too. And I saw yes. for sure are, um, so, uh, what, uh, what, what, did you, what was your take on the show? Uh, you did not speak, right? You, you would, you were, it was, it was amazing. Uh, this is the first time I've attended in an official capacity as an IT person. Gotcha. Um, uh, well, <clears throat> this is the first time I've attended any conference in that capacity because uh, there really weren't any for a while after I got my job. And um, I've attended Mac Tech events and things. So I've also known a lot of these people for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was super great to see everybody in person. Yeah. Half of the people who were attending were there for the first time. And I thought that was really, really great. It was so nice. It was so nice to see that. Uh, There's all manner of uh, talks 
that are there. Uh, literally anybody can go submit a proposal and have a talk for something. Um, they sort of color code them for the different tracks, like on the schedule. So you can kind of see what you're in for when you go to a talk. Um, so there's talk about security, about deployment, about um, <clears throat> basic scripting so that you can automate some of the boring stuff that computers are supposed to be able to do for you anyway. Um, you know, improving a security stance. Uh, the first day is usually a full day workshop. And so I did a workshop on uh, NIST compliance and how you can sort that mm. out um, with Mac OS and how you can make sure that Mac OS is compliant against NIST guidelines. If you don't know what that is, I don't recommend going and finding out um, because <laughs> it will, it will <laughs> put you to sleep. And how funny you say that because my talk was about I, uh, cloud computing and cloud services. And I do recall I did quote what NIST is, is because yes. I talked about cloud standards, you know, with, with mm -hmm. SAS and IAS and uh, uh, PASS and many of the others. So, yeah, yeah. I think I have a, had a quote in one, one of my slides. It's exactly what uh, NIST defines as cloud computing. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's mostly a list of government regulations. And yeah. so it's uh, very, very boring and very, very dry. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what Everyone's... I said. It's information security. That's the, that's their yeah. Bible. Every once in a while, um, uh, I toy with the idea of like writing a NIST translator to tell people what the compliance stuff actually is in plain English. Like this means don't have a stupid password. This means yes. you have to full disk encrypt your hard drive. This means, you know, like, basic level stuff um yeah. <clears throat> but it was terribly interesting um the 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 tools that people were using and and being able to find out about it and the best thing about most any conference and specifically uh with macadmin with with penn state macadmins is that <clears throat> people who are talking about this stuff are excited about what they're talking about and so even if you don't know you're still going to, it still will not be a waste of your time to have sat in that session. If you picked one that isn't necessarily something that you know a lot about, that person who's talking about it is super into it. And that makes it super great. Most conferences are like this. Um, <clears throat> that's one of the things that I really like about um, Apple conferences that I've done in particular and things like MaxTalk is that the person who's speaking is really passionate about what they're telling you. And that makes it a lot easier to pay attention because they're not dry. They're not boring. Even if they're not way over the top in what they're presenting, they're still going to be able to um, present something in a way that's really engaging because you can tell when somebody's super into it and you can tell when somebody's not. Um, <clears throat> so everyone that I saw was super duper great. Uh, if you did not attend, but maybe you, you saw some stuff that, uh, like on the schedule or you saw some speakers that you really wanted to see, uh, the bulk of the talks are going to end up being on the PSU Mac admins YouTube channel. So you can mm -hmm. still go get some of. <clears throat> so if you really want to know about, um, uh, reimagining Mac OS patch management or um, the one that I like every year uh, because they did some campfire sessions during the pandemic where everybody just got together online and somebody presented. Uh, I did a couple of those and um, you can go and you can go and watch Robert Hammond tell you about what's coming next in Mac OS. And he kind of does that talk every year. And it's really nice to see in practical terms what that looks like. Uh, one that I will point out, uh, full disclosure, <clears throat> uh, uh, Tom Bridge is the person whose talk I'm going to point out and highlight. Um, he did a talk about um, uh, Mac OS updates. And this is the part, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still having a hard time talking. Um, this is one of Uh, going forward is uh, how uh, how you can uh, manage software updates, what patch management looks like, how all of this stuff is going to work. And um, his talk is super great. It's really approachable. And uh, you can find out a whole bunch about what's coming down the pike, which is going to be super great. So that part is super duper awesome. So definitely look for that talk. I'm trying to find the exact title of it. Um, <clears throat> we have, a, yeah, I, really I have a link in the show notes. I do have a link in the show notes for uh, the YouTube channel as well as yeah. the conference itself. So, yeah, and you'll be um, able to see um, 
uh, all the talks they all had. I mean, like most of them have great titles. One of my favorites that I saw while I was there was uh, from John Welch. Uh, hi, John. Um, called Be Ye Batman, Not Superman. And the way he presented. Yep, I see it. Fantastic. So if it's on the YouTube channel now, please put a link to that in the show notes because it was no, super no great. link yet. The slides are there. Okay. Yeah. Um uh because it's mostly a, a philosophical approach. Um, and that's part of what made it great. So um I really enjoyed seeing his talk. I really enjoyed seeing John. Uh I really enjoyed seeing all of those people. It was really nice to um be on the way to excited everybody is to be there how um everyone is looking forward to it like um there's a mac admin slack that's public that anybody can go join if you're needing to learn about deploying machines at scale and things like that um they are so nice and so helpful um i really enjoy being there and it's a really great source of information oh my Um, gosh yeah it's so much stuff in here and even some of the stuff i looked at it's just there's just some great resources uh for this show if you're really a geek and really and and you're in the it industry like uh, kelly and i are um you know even i remember john walsh he did the the session on powershell the powershell is becoming such a so prevalent in the mac arena now because i have to do both both platforms so Mm -hmm. Uh, PowerShell is a big thing, and, and sponsors. It looks like they had some pretty amazing sponsors this year. Oh yeah, there's some uh, great, including sponsors. Squirrels. I thought it was impressive that they were yeah. able to sponsor. And, I got and to they, talk they, to them, and they were super awesome. It was so fun. Yeah, I mean, I love Reflector. <laughs> I think Reflector that was one of their products is is so yes. awesome. That, mm-hmm. And I've used it for years, mirroring my iPhone for, yeah. for presentations. Well, um, uh, so. they have a new thing that is very cool that uh, might be useful to you that uh, you should check out that we'll talk about later. Um, I found Tom's talk. It's called Software Update, Updating Mac OS and iOS in the Modern Era. And it's um, kind of the nuts and bolts of what software update looks like and and then what it looks like from an perspective. When you are a person in charge of a fleet of machines and you need to make sure those things are current, what it looks like, what it looks like and how it's changed and how it's going to change with the new version of Mac OS. which is very interesting and my life is going to be a lot better when that happens. <laughs> yeah. No, there's just a lot of great resources here. I know more, yeah. probably in more interesting to the three of us and not, not as much as the, the, the audience. Some people like this stuff, but uh, even just calling out some of the, of the sponsors, even you had both VMware and parallels there, which is great. Um, they both, if anyone knows that those are both for uh, emulation <laughs> of, or if you've got to live in a windows environment and want to have a virtual yeah, virtual machine instead of having a physical machine. Those mm-hmm. come and help it help. Uh, lots of yeah. mobile device management options. There were a lot of those NBA. folks there. And yeah, Jam, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Jam, Bravas, Adigy, um, Fleet was there. Um, <clears throat> uh, Jump Cloud, ostensibly, like yep. they do a lot of device management. They're mostly an identity provider. They were there too. Um, there were lots of folks. Uh, Second Life, that's what they're called, right? Second Life. Am I, I'm thinking of the right one. I think uh, they were there um, picking up. Uh, if you have a machine like old hardware that that needs to be responsibly disposed of, uh, they're the place yep, to do there. that. Uh, and also uh, the Mac Admins Foundation, which is a very recent development. Um, There's just a group of people who uh, wanted to keep the Slack instance alive and be able to offer resources. Oh, yeah. management and want to continue or, or people who have been at it for a long time and want to help uh, give back to the community. Uh, this is a really nice way to do that sort of um, officially and unofficially. Um, you can go buy a shirt from them. Uh, they have some shirts that are really awesome. Uh, my favorite. Uh, a lot of people wore on one day so that they, we get a picture of everybody and it says um, nice. Mac OS contains <laughs> Mac OS contains a, Oh gosh. Called voiceover. <clears throat> yeah, the part I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that part. It's um it the whole thing is super great. And yeah, I really awesome. Yeah, they're well uh they're yeah. a new organization. So a couple of the sessions are talking about them and what they're about and what they do. And um that part was also pretty great. So it's yeah. uh super fun. Yeah. Well, thanks for for the recap. I mean, and we got links in the show notes for both the videos and uh, and the site that a lot of the slideshows are available. So this that's what's great about this conference that they're they're providing this information that's freely available. 
Um, yeah. but, uh, but support them for sure. Um, I have a, one more, two more topic, one topic and an app I wanted to talk about. Uh, first off, Google Chrome is becoming, uh, more and more, uh, of, uh, of a good thing when it comes to their updates. Um, they are, they are doing a much better job with their, uh, uh, their cross-platforming between iOS and the desktop. Uh, now iOS is now focusing on giving users more opportunities to initiate searches while the desktop update is more modest. Um, so there was four new search specific features that are in, is in the Chrome update. The address bar is now more content aware of the webpage you're visiting. That means that if uh, it selects the address bar while you're browsing a website, search suggestions will appear at, under related to this page. This is an iOS, uh, uh, trending searches will now appear in iOS version of Chrome, similar to what they had in Android. Uh, not that we ever look at Android. Uh, so, so, uh, tap the address bar and scroll down to see the suggestions while they appear and the little, uh, when they appear later in 2023. Uh, and then finally, uh, iOS, uh, for Chrome for iOS is going to have, uh, 10 total search suggestions instead of six, always more relevant results will appear at the top. And they did some updates to the Mac OS, uh, Chrome browser too. So it's good to see that Google is uh, keeping Chrome relevant and, and, and current. Um, I, I've been kind of an edge person in, at work and I'm a Firefox mm -hmm. person at, uh, at home. So I, I, uh, I think we're, we're, we're slowly thinking about migrating away from Chrome I and mean, with Chrome's the dominant browser in my, in my work, uh, on the, on the window side. Um, but, uh, you know, edges, I think like you said, Jeff, you, you use edge a lot. So yeah, I think edge is, edge is a decent browser on, on, on both. I mean, even iOS, I mean, the, the edge browser is, is, is pretty good with, uh, with the app Microsoft has done. So, um, and then lastly, there's a, uh, the last app is I wanted to speak of, I don't know if any of you are familiar with this is, uh, arc arc came out with a new mobile browser. Um, this is the mobile companion. That's part of uh, iOS. It's also available on Mac OS. Um, and I believe it's on all platforms. Uh, and, uh, this is a pretty compelling new browser, uh, that's out there. Like I said, it's available for both, uh, iOS and for Mac. I, I, I started playing with it on the Mac at first and then the iOS version came out. So I have a link in the show notes to the iOS version. It's got some screenshots on the, I, I, on the iPhone. Um, it's a, it's a pretty quick browser. It's, it's a, it, it does a, it give a nice focus to what you're looking, trying to look for. Um, I was pretty impressed for what, uh, for what it does. Um, and again, add to that crowded field of, of browsers that are out there and, you know, you got opera, you've got uh, brave, you've got so many others besides uh, the ones we just talked about. Uh, this is something uh, very compelling to, to see uh, where this uh, browser goes. I don't know if you guys have, had a chance to look at this yet, but uh, I would check it out. I have not played with the mobile version. Um, I do have Arc on my Mac, and yeah, yeah. it's a good browser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's done. They've done some good things with it, so uh, definitely, uh, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, before we go, I still want to mention MacStock. Uh, MacStock uh, has uh, has ended, but it doesn't end here because you have the option to get the virtual pass. Uh, if you go to max.conferenceandexpo.com, it's out there for sale. Mike is Mike Potter, the, the organizer, is feverishly working on getting those videos edited and getting it up and onto the pass. You should have it. In fact, it's right now it's out of stock. He must be holding back and selling uh, <laughs> selling these now. But uh, keep your keep your eyes open on the virtual passes. Uh, he's going to have all the all the, the replays of all the uh, the uh, talks, including mine and Jeff's and Brittany. Brittany just did a, knocked it out of the park with her. With the with her presentation, Chuck Joyner did a great job with his analogy of uh, how how time has changed with the uh, the speed of how we do things, comparing an mm -hmm. Indy car from when they changed tires in in a pit in nineteen fifty versus in in twenty thirteen. Uh, it took over two and a half or three minutes, was it, Jeff? And then the other one yeah. was ten fifteen seconds of <laughs> in and out of a pit. So just going to that comparison, he did he did a great presentation. Everybody did. Uh, Allison Sheridan was great. And uh, Dave Hamilton did a great thing about Synology. And we had an amazingly fun time with the Mac Geek app crew with the, the caucus. That was so fun. And that that was a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, it Jeff was on so that fun. panel. That was a lot, ton of fun. So you'll be seeing all kinds of videos and that. And yeah, go listen, actually go back, listen to the um, Mac Geek app has got their latest episode uh, that was, was recorded uh, for that session. So it was a uh, ton of fun we missed you we missed you so uh so much kelly i can't wait to have you come back out uh, next year i'm hoping yes. it's gonna 
all the it'll all fall into place. But go check it out. And by the time you hear this, hopefully there'll be some more passes opening up. I want you to definitely go out there and check that out because uh, we want to keep keep MacStack alive and well because it's such a great community of people in the Mac and Apple community. So I just uh, want to point out real quick before we wrap up, um, yeah. there are some really nasty exploits right now for Chrome. So mm-hmm. if you've been ignoring that little red update in the corner yes. because you don't want to restart Chrome, first of all, you can go change the settings. To automatic. If if uh, if you are a person I have heard about who may have a window or two that are just your emotional support tabs, uh, you can quit Chrome, <laughs> let it update, and when it launches, yeah. it will pick everything back up just where you left it. Um, it doesn't have to be anxiety-inducing. Uh, but also... Uh, like the security holes are really nice, but there are a couple of features coming down the pike for Chromium, which means yep. if you use Edge, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, it's Google trying to route around everybody's ad blockers. So mm-hmm. um, keep an eye on that. Yep, absolutely. No, it's a good, good, uh, good to protect people. And the Edge is just updated too, so they're they're keeping them up to date all the time. You just but you got to make sure you're. You're making sure that you, that you close the browser and make sure it updates because it automatically updates for the most part. Uh, but uh, make sure you're doing that. Special iOS too. You want to make sure yeah. the browser stay up to date. So good, good tip. Thank you, Kelly. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and wrap up for this week. And that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon, which is at iOS or Twitter, or I'm sorry, X. Uh, support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We really appreciate it. You can also become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios, where you have two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash intouchwithios. You could have joined Ben Rathick and many others that were in the chat tonight, and, and we, we have a live chat, so check that out. This is where you can watch the, the, the current live stream. I always leave that up. You can go back and watch our, our shenanigans when we're recording the pre-show <laughs> as well as during the show, as well as you can listen and watch past shows. Uh, visit In Touch With iOS magazine on Flipboard, where many of the topics we discussed are flipped into that magazine. The link is in our show notes. You can subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher, including Pocket Casts, Overcast, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and many others. But better yet, just go to our website, InTouchWithIOS.com, where the link, all the links to all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsburg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65. Kelly Gomont, so great to have you back on the show. Where can people find you? Mac OS contains a built-in screen reader called VoiceOver. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that in because I knew I was yeah. blanking on it and I know it's right. Um, anyway, you can buy that shirt from the Mac Foundation. Foundation. Um, you can find me over on Mastodon most of the time. I spend way more time there um, than I probably should, but it's super fun and I really like it. So um, you can find me there mostly um, at mastodon.social, but I'm switching instances uh, imminently. Uh-oh. I know I've said that before, but uh, you'll still be able to find me. So um, uh, you can find me there now. You can occasionally find me here. You can occasionally find me on Mac Voices Live. Um, I was gone for a couple of weeks because after the Mac Admins Conference, uh, I spent the next week in D.C. uh, for work, slowly melting um, because that heat was just dumb. Um, So uh, and as you can hear, I still haven't quite recovered from that entire trip. Uh, but I'm working at it. So look for me on Mastodon. Uh, you can hear me occasionally over on The Incomparable. Uh, I know there are a couple of episodes of stuff coming up on various feeds over at The Incomparable Network where I have appeared because we had our a 10th anniversary incomparable get-together where a whole bunch of people who are regular hosts on uh, different parts of the Incomparable Network all hung out in Portland together for a while. And nice. so um, we recorded an episode of uh, Inconceivable live with everybody all facing each other, which was super weird and really fun. <laughs> um, uh, we sat in a very murdery basement in Northwest Portland and recorded a really fun episode of podcasting. So you can always go check that out. And uh, there was some other stuff that that uh, we got up to there as well that you can probably hear over there later. 
And the rest of the time, um, yeah, mostly Mastodon. And then uh, whenever you invite me and uh, whenever I decide to go to Mac Voices and hassle Chuck because he's on to Jeff. And so, you know, we need a new attack vector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to keep him on his toes. I know. That's right. Thank, thanks, Kelly. And Jeff Gambit, as always, a pleasure having you here. Where can people find you? Dave, as always, I'm so happy I get to be here with you. So thank you. Um, all right. On socials, Jay Gamut on pretty much everything. Uh, I'm most active on Mastodon and Instagram. Then uh, shows. Um, we, we've already mentioned that Chuck keeps letting me back on Mac Voices Live. So that's on Tuesdays. Then here with, with you, Dave, on Thursdays. And... Uh, then on the British Tech Network on Thursdays for the big show and then Fridays for the Mac show. And uh, Brian Chaffin and I uh, record the Context Machine. And uh, actually, we just finished recording this week's excuse me episode right before uh, nice. I hopped in here. So that'll be live shortly. Good deal. Good deal. And Ben, uh, in the chat before we wrap up, he says... Uh, you need to see those talks of Mac admins. Uh, he's applying for a Mac help desk position. Oh, cool. Get it, I hope you get it. Because that'll be fun. Uh, and with that, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the show because we enjoy doing it. And we'll talk again soon.